0: Hello and welcome to Rocket Accelerate Geek Conversation. My name is Brianna Wu. I'm the Executive Director of Rebellion Back, and I'm joined this week by, let's just take attendance here, uh, Christina Warren. Christina, are you here? No. Simone? Simone de Rochefort, are you here? No, they are not here. We have Dan Warren is here this week from Clockwise. Dan, how are you doing?
1: I'm doing great. I can only hope to fill Christina and Simone's amazing shoes. That's four shoes. I guess I had to put two on my hands. It's
0: it's very ambitious. It's very ambitious. I don't Uh, think I can. I don't think I can. No one can. Uh, It's just getting real with you. Uh, So Simone actually lost her laptop. (laughs) And Christina came down with a really serious, uh, It's not coronavirus, but a serious medical issue you uh, before the show. Uh, So we had two uh, hosts uh, out this week. So Dan very generously uh, offered to step up. So thank you so much, Dan. We appreciate it. My pleasure. Excellent. Excellent. Uh, So tell just in case uh, listeners don't listen to Clockwise every week or your other shows uh, a bit, uh, tell them who you are, what you do uh, here at Relay.
1: Uh, here at Relay, I co-host Clockwise, which Ooh. I co-created with Jason Snell many years ago. I think we're in like our 400s of episodes, uh, and uh, it's a 30-minute show uh, hosted now by me and Micah Sargent, in which we invite on a couple guests every week and sort of go through a few topics uh, that are everybody brings a topic, and we talk about those four topics, and it's a lot of fun. Brianna's been on several times, um, Simone and Christina have also both been on, so uh, you know, you can tell by the caliber of our guests that we are <laughs> we are serious business it's
0: a good show what i appreciate about it is you know sometimes rocket goes long that's not the way clock right wise is <laughs> like you talk about it and you get every topic done and like you literally have with four people talking about it like what seven minutes a topic like that's 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 yeah tough. it's it's yeah.
1: short and and if we we cut it so if it's over 30 minutes some stuff unfortunately <laughs> gets left on the floor uh, unless you're a subscriber in which case you can get the bootleg track that has it all there so we go. there we go yeah it's it's a lot of fun uh, doing a show I, I have a lot of other tech shows that I really enjoy that all in are like one or two hours and it's like sometimes you want to sink in and have that really long discussion but i love that clockwise fills a niche where it's just like hey you got 30 minutes we'll catch you up on some stuff that's it that's our promise
0: uh other than that you're also a very accomplished science fiction author
1: well, thank you for saying that. This yep. is very kind. <laughs> no, it's true. I am a science fiction author. We'll leave it at that. Well, uh, <laughs> I think I think
0: you're very accomplished. Well, I'm thank looking you forward very much. to the uh, third book in your series coming out really soon.
1: Yes, coming out next July, the Nova Incident, and uh, the previous ones, the Bayern Agenda and uh, the Aleph Extraction, which came out last year. Uh, and they'll, I mean, I'm not going to call it a trilogy because there's hopefully more to come. But mm-hmm. that they they're a continuing series, let's say.
0: Yeah, you start with the trilogy and then it becomes four and then five and then it's the sequel trilogy. You just keep going. It's the Douglas Adams move. A hundred percent, a hundred percent. Well, this week we are going to talk about many things. Uh, First, Amazon had a huge uh, fall event that we're going to go through. A lot of uh, interesting, uh, like legitimately interesting products coming out there. Then we're going to go through and uh, dig into a little bit deeper on some of the Apple reviews. Uh, We just had a total deluge of Apple devices coming out uh dan has his hands on one of them and also the ipad mini review came out uh and then finally dan and i are going to close on talking what i feel is an excellent show on apple tv easily the best thing they brought forward yet uh foundation dan not to spoil but would you agree with that
1: I really enjoy it, yep. and we'll we'll get into it a we'll little bit more. It. We'll save uh, it. Yeah, we'll save it. I, I'm looking forward to talking about it.
0: 100. percent. So, uh, let's get into let's get into Amazon. Amazon uh, just had their Fall Devices event. It was absolutely massive. Uh, they announced new Echo devices. Uh, they announced new Ring products. Uh, they announced a robot that follows <laughs> you around the house. So, before we dig into every one of these stories, I just I kind of want to get the privacy stuff out of the way, so we can kind of then go and enjoy uh, the coolness of what they've built. Does that make sense to you, Dan? Sure. Uh, my personal opinion, and you may disagree with me, is you should not buy any product by Amazon ever (laughs) for privacy reasons. Uh, Ring, uh, in particular, has had secret deals with uh, police departments uh, using your information to uh, prosecute crime. Uh, You know, this leads to something I learned running for Congress, uh, asymmetrical uh, information in uh, prosecution of cases where uh, police can have all this bevy of information that may find you guilty or innocent, and they can use that selectively, but the defense doesn't necessarily uh, have access to that. So it's just something really tilting uh, our justice system uh, towards basically putting people in jail. Uh, You know, I don't think the Amazon API is really locked down with Alexa as much as it should be. And for those reasons, it's my opinion, you should not buy any of these. Dan, do you have any thoughts on the privacy?
1: Yeah, I mean, it is obviously a concern, obviously, in the digital era, there are so many possible privacy, you know, concerns when it comes to different companies. Amazon, obviously, as you stated, uh, they've actually made <laughs> a show of not doing the greatest job about this in terms of like having these deals with the cameras and stuff like that. They've unfortunately not necessarily demonstrated themselves to be the best actor in this department. I want to add to that, and this is something I've, I've sort of voiced elsewhere, but I think it it showed its hand once again here with a lot of the products they released. The focus they put on security, especially with things like the ring line and now with the the robot they've come out with and all sorts of things, it, it makes me feel very much like Amazon has leaned very hard into this personal security idea. And mm-hmm. I I find it a little bit of a, I may, I don't know if scare tactic is quite the right word, but certainly they are c- cashing in on the idea of making you feel unsafe in yep. your home, right? By saying you need all these security things. And I find that, uncomfortable at the least and possibly distasteful if you want to go further (laughs) than that. Um, And not to say that there aren't valid concerns and valid uses for security devices, but the extent to which they have made these things makes me always a little bit wary of the I, I feel it's kind of the corollary to the militarization of the police in terms of just making everybody feel like, oh, I need to get I need to get more stuff in order to be safe where I am, right? I need more technology and more devices and more gadgets so that my home is safe. And the answer is, they're, it's an illusion. <laughs> they're selling you an idea. It's not actually something that makes you more safe. And that's that's sort of the, the angle they're playing here.
0: I, I couldn't agree more with any of that. So, you know, uh, buyer beware, that's our opinion. Uh, that said, there's some really cool stuff that they announced this week, so let's get to it. Uh, obviously, the thing that got the most attention was the Amazon Astro. Uh, this was—it's a—it's a freaking adorable little robot that can follow you around the house. Uh, the day one edition costs uh, nine, uh, basically a $1,000 minus a penny. Um, it's going to be shipping later this year. And what it is is they basically, it's a home assistant, uh, which they say it has features like helping you with home security. It can act as a, a mobile device. It has a 10-inch uh, touchscreen in it that will show you an adorable face. Uh, this is like something straight from the Jetsons and <laughs> as much as I personally don't like Amazon I kind of love this thing how do you feel about it Dan
1: I- I'm wondering about the application of it I mean mm-hmm. it is cute I will not dispute that it reminds me a little bit of Wally. it clearly has like a vibe going on with the eyes and everything um I just don't like I'm trying to figure out what Amazon's idea is for, like, how much this, like, this is actually useful to people. Because one of the things they talk about, for example, is, like, it can deliver things to different rooms. And it does that by, you know, you have, somebody has to put something in. It's so like, it's not going to fetch your drink from you from the refrigerator. It cannot open the refrigerator, at least right. not yet. Right. Um, but I, I just, I, I am... I'm frankly, frankly, a little bit puzzled about like this, and I think it's clear as sort of an early adopter product, right? Like, you know, right. that's a thousand dollars for people who who get an invite to actually buy this thing. It seems like the kind of thing that may evolve from where it is now and 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 develop more features. And I think it more than anything, it points to the fact that like household robots they're going to be a thing i mean i don't know how widespread they're going to be but this is not it's not as though this is going to be the last one is my guess
0: so have you ever tried the roomba because i've tried multiple roombas and i've always been just really disappointed with these products and it's it's just like i feel like they keep promising us a robot future and i don't have a robot dog I want a robot dog. I don't have a mop that works well. I don't have a Roomba that works well. I mean, have you ever bought a household robot that has really paid off for you?
1: Not really. I I had a scuba once, which was the the mopping equivalent of the Roomba that a friend gave me that was like, uh, you know, her old one. And it got jammed under a counter and just dumped all water all over my floor. And then I was like, no. I don't like mopping, but I also don't like water all over my floor. So I don't think this is necessarily a net win for me. I like the idea of the Roomba, and I've recently moved into a house that has like a lot more hardwood floors. So I'm starting to wonder, like, all right, I might, <laughs> I might experiment a little bit more with that. But I, I hear very mixed things overall about household robots. So I guess we'll see.
0: See, you're a fellow Star Wars nerd. So you can appreciate this. The point of the mouse droid in, in Star Wars <laughs> is to follow around and just, like, pr- deliver power to various parts of the Death Star and other Imperial facilities. Like, build that, but it's an iPhone charger that just right. follows yes. me around the house. Just start very basic... Yeah, with this, I I guess it is kind of as easy as it could be. Like, it's basically an Amazon Echo uh, stapled to a Roomba to follow you around the house. So, maybe it will work. I mean, when they say it's going to like help monitor and guard your house, that just makes me terrified that like some executive in Amazon is going to, you know, see like pictures of Frank and I, you know?
1: and I mean, I don't understand exactly what the the virtue of that is. I mean, if somebody breaks into your house, uh, a two foot tall robot is not going to stop them from doing anything because right. it is a two foot tall <laughs> robot that you can kick over. Uh, so I'm not feeling particularly great about that. Um... I I think that in general, a lot of I mean, and there was also a story I think it was in Vice where they had a bunch of leaked memos from the developers who worked on this, and some of them said like it really likes throwing itself down the stairs, you know, because it's not good at handling stairs. Uh, there seem to be a lot of questions about the efficacy of this product, but it's it is a a first you know a first shot at it, and and Amazon like Google and unlike Apple is a company that is not shy about taking its sort of prototype stuff and throwing it out there and and trying to sell it, right? Like if this were an Apple product, it would not come out until they had done like four different versions of it and actually like bulletproof tested it and all that stuff. Whereas Amazon's like, all right, We slap the last wheel on this sucker, ship him out the door. Let's see if people will buy him.
0: (laughs) A hundred percent. All right. Well, uh, we'll put both uh, both you and I very skeptical uh, about this, uh, but I think we both agree it's very cute. Uh, Mm -hmm. So the second thing they announced is the Echo Show. Now, this is a product, you know, we all criticized Apple, not criticized, but noted that Apple basically stole the Surface keyboard (laughs) and brought it to the iPad uh, eventually. This is a product... I really hope Apple just straight up steals. So it's the Echo Show. So I want you to think about something really clunky and, uh, like very, I want you to think about the, 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 the two way video screens that they used in the 1980s version of RoboCop. <laughs> where They're like calling Clarence Boddicker there, that kind of thick thing that sits on a desk. Uh, that's the Amazon echo show. It's this, uh, it's basically a 15 inch, uh, smart display. It can hang on a wall, but it's, uh, it will basically, it lets people uh, basically talk to each other through it. Um, and it, this is something, like, I would love to have this with FaceTime. I would love to have, mm-hmm. a like, I don't know if you... Have to zoom as often as I do for my job. I actually have a whole PC set up with a, a lighting rig and a pro mm-hmm, mic there. Mm-hmm. And it's huge. I would love it if they could build something smaller and actually secure. So, uh, Dan, kind of how do you feel about
1: this? Yeah, no, I'm with you about that. I, I was just thinking um, I, played, I have a weekly D&D game with some friends, and um, my wife and I play, and we are sit on the couch, and I have my laptop that we use for Zoom. And I like share the screen to my TV, which is great because I can see everybody else on the big screen TV, but the camera's still on the laptop and the laptop's propped up at a weird angle. And we're like, have to look over there to like have people be, you know, to be looking at the people. And it's like, oh man, I would kill for like a a FaceTime thing that let me use my TV as a display. And also like had a little camera on it so I could like make video calls on my TV with FaceTime. So I, I, I agree with you. I like the idea of sort of a standalone appliance. I've got an older, I think I had the first Echo Show and I used it for a while and the software was very rush, rough. I mm-hmm. hear it's gotten better. I also have a Google um, Nest Hub, which is permanently in just sort of like a use as a digital photo frame and not much else. <laughs> and I like the idea of what they're doing with the show here. They they display it with like little cards that have like the weather or your, your calendar or your shopping list, et cetera. And years ago, Panic made a piece of software called Status Board that was designed to work on an iPad that did this same sort of thing where you had like little widgets that could pull different information in. And we had one in the Macworld offices that pulled in like the traffic data from the site. So you could, you know, actually see as you were like walking by like, oh, this story is doing really well or something like that. And that was cool. I think there's an application for this, the idea of like sort of a a centralized display that keeps track of like various things that you can just glance at and be like, oh, you know, I've got this thing coming up or uh, I've got I remember to go to the, the store or something like that. But at the same time, I'm wondering, like with all the other technology we have around us, is there still a value to that? We've all got phones and watches and all this stuff. I wonder if there's still a niche for this. I,
0: I would love something like that to throw up on, on the wall. You could put dark sky there, the widget from mm-hmm. dark sky. Uh, let me know if it's going to be raining. Uh, you know, my to-do list for the day, if you could sure. like incorporate Omni uh, into it somehow. I don't know if there's an Omni widget out, but that would be amazing. Uh, you know, missed calls or, or just the ability to text there. I would love a product like this from Apple. I mean, yeah. going through your iCloud favorites folder, right? like your favorite pictures. I I think it's a great idea. I just personally don't trust Amazon to to do something like this. So, um, you know, I I hope, I think this is actually part of a wider thing where there are, I know this is Micah's Beat, your your co-host on Clockwise. There are a lot of really great uh, things that you can buy for HomeKit out there. Mm-hmm. The problem is Apple isn't making them, and they're right. all kind of not at the Apple level of quality. Um, you know, the August lock I have for my front door is good. But it's not great, uh, yeah. you know. My Nest set of cameras for outside monitoring is good, but it's not Apple quality. I mean, I wish the Apple would kind of diversify. We've got all this yeah. awesome stuff in iOS. Like, let's 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 get to it. I,
1: I have I have long uh, st- like suggested that I think if the company wanted to show how serious it was about getting behind HomeKit, it should at least produce a few smart home things that sort of show here's here's what you can do, right? right? Like here's sort of the best in class. And I know it doesn't necessarily want to scare off all the competition, but I feel like there's a couple areas where it could sell people much better on the idea of HomeKit if it had its own first party you know, offerings, even if it was just like, oh, here's a smart switch or here's a video camera or something like that. I think... I think that would be very compelling and would encourage a lot more people to be like, oh, yeah, okay, I can buy this thing when I'm at the Apple store buying my phone and then I can set it up and it all just works seamlessly together rather than the hodgepodge we have now because I got a ton of HomeKit stuff. And like you said, a lot of it's good but it feels like it could be even better.
0: It's not dependable. i have uh, I have switches uh, that are just not dependable as far mm. as uh, detecting when I leave the house and turning them on. They just don't work reliably. Yeah. Right. Um, and a lot of home kit stuff is like that. Um, so great idea someone else do it better. Uh, let's move on. Echo show 15. Uh, it's basically, uh, uh, I'm sorry, the echo glow rather. This is a video chat gadget. Um, and you know, in our, Dan, both you and I are non parents, uh, I believe. Yep. Okay. So, you know, I don't live in the apocalypse where I have to figure out how to get my children to, sure, yeah. to school virtually. Uh, but many people do. And, uh, you know, especially with COVID and quarantine, uh, here in Massachusetts, uh, did we completely say no to all virtual school this year or am I, or am I mistaken about I think that?
1: There may be some on a town by town basis, but I think right. it's largely in person.
0: Right, right. But yeah, you know, that's not the case all across the country. And I do think unfortunately, uh, a kind of dedicated video uh, gadget is uh, not an unreasonable thing to Mm -hmm, develop mm -hmm. that, uh, kids can withstand so uh, it's priced actually the same as the uh, the echo show uh, at 249 and uh, again it's big and clunky it looks like an 80 cellular phone <laughs> so uh, I'm curious what what kind of do you think about this
1: I think it's got some interesting ideas in it like one of the things that it has built in is a projector that fires downward mm-hmm. um, that can be integrated with various software so it can project like games or books or stuff like that. And lets you sort of play, you know, if you've got like your your parents or your grandparents or something chatting with your kid, they can sort of play a game together. I think it's smart. Again, I mean, you know, c- concerns about Amazon notwithstanding, I think it's very clever to have a device that is a little more versatile and isn't necessarily a laptop because oh. it encourages you to sort of experience things in a different way a little bit. I think the biggest challenge in these cases is like obviously Amazon would love for us you know to say like well you buy one for your kid then you have to buy one for your your parents or your grandparents or other family right. members or convince schools to buy them so they can sort of buy into the whole ecosystem, Um, but I, I think yeah I don't know the idea of ap- turning these types of machines into appliances I think is actually a a good one long term because it's not to say that the laptop uh, and the desktop are going anywhere but. Technology is so pervasive, they're certainly not the only forms that your your technological interactions can take. So uh, yeah, I don't know. It, it's got some clever stuff in it, but uh, I also think it's you know obviously got some challenges with like <laughs> sticking your kids in front of a video conferencing device on day, all, all day, unfortunately. Well, and
0: one run by Amazon. I mean, right. you yes. know, yeah. Uh, yep. Again, uh, you know, they've we've gone and taken apart uh, Alexa's and have seen uh, just how open the recordings it has uh, can be. So I would, uh, I personally would not put my fictional imaginary child in front of that. Uh, Let's move on. Uh, So Amazon brought forward, it's basically a Fitbit. It looks uh, astonishingly like a Fitbit down to the the. Thin, uh the thin profile of it and kind of that long uh you know like two inch screen with it uh it's uh the halo view and it has a fitness tracker uh, built inside of it and it's also uh tied up to uh, uh basically a service called halo fitness uh that also has a nutrition tracking uh service in it called halo nutrition so i kind of have deeper thoughts on this one so i wanted to start with you dan what what are kind of your takeaway with this
1: Yeah, so this is the follow up. They they launched their Halo Band last year, which didn't have a screen and had that like whole thing where it gathered, um, you know, it does your biometric data, but it also had a microphone that could be used to like analyze your mood, which was very weird and Mm -hmm. and very off putting, I think, to most people. Um, This doesn't have the microphone apparently, although it does still try to use some of the the monitoring via like an app or stuff like that um i I, you know fitness stuff i think we talked a lot about the privacy implications obviously there's a reason that i think a lot of us trust apple when it comes to our fitness data because health data is very personal and having amazon as the intermediary there again is always a little bit off-putting because you wonder well what are you using this data for what are you getting out of this as far as a device goes I think it looks fine. I mean, it, it is a something that looks different from the Apple Watch, which I think is a smart move because just trying to knock off the Apple Watch has proved to, I think that's not a very good business model. So both Amazon and Google have tried to develop these wearable devices that have a distinct look and feel to them. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, it's not also competing in the same market either, right? It's like it's 80 bucks as opposed to several hundred dollars. So it's much closer to something like a Fitbit. Um, I had a couple of Fitbits back in the day. They always died yeah. <laughs> pretty <laughs> early on, which was disappointing. Um, but yeah, I uh, I think this is it's it, it's Amazon feeling like they got to be in every market. Um, and I just, I don't know if this is something that's actually working out for them or not, but I assume they're going to keep trying.
0: Yeah. So I, I hope I can share a, a personal story. So I had a knee reconstructive surgery again last year, uh, A very serious meniscus tear. I love to run, I uh, love to run so much. I tore my knee apart. <laughs> so, uh, they ended up drilling six holes through my tibia and actually couldn't walk for, uh, multiple months last year. Um, as a result of that and the Pandemic going on at the same time. Uh, while I was recovering, I put on a lot of weight. I mean, to the point where I felt terrible about myself, uh, just not feeling healthy, not 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 enough focus, uh, not enough for me to like go do a lot of the things that I enjoy doing. And I decided to get really serious about nutrition tracking and uh, and basically tracking what I ate and how much I worked out, you know, slowly as my knee healed, and I was able to go work out again. Um, and I used, uh, I didn't use Halo Fitness and Halo Nutrition, I used Noom. But using that in conjunction with my Apple Watch, I mean, I was able to lose an astonishing, amount of weight. Uh, I weigh less right now than I did in high school. And this to me is, I don't think I'm the only person during this pandemic that found themselves like not happy with where I was from a health perspective, right? Mm -hmm. So I'm kind of like, it's Amazon. And of course, I'm worried about privacy and everything with it. But I can tell you firsthand, this, was a, this genre of tools was really, really helpful for me personally to you know, get back to a level of health and fitness where, do you know what I mean? I could, mm-hmm, I could feel mm-hmm. good again. And, you know, I'm using an Apple Watch, which is, you know, $800 and then plus, you know, new, which is a pretty expensive service to use. So I think if Amazon can bring tools like this to, to more people, if that's something that's a goal for them,
1: I I kind of think that that's a helpful thing. Does does that make sense to you? Sure, yeah. I mean the, the tools if you find the tools useful and I think everybody, you know, finds different tools useful. I've used like different nutrition and like calorie counting apps and stuff in the past when I've gone on a kick for that kind of thing. And, I, you know, not everybody uses them in the same way, but if you can find a way to make the tools work for you, then there shouldn't be any poo-pooing about that. I mean, right. I, I agree with you that it's it's sort of whatever you find the best tool for the job is. I mean, I think that's true about a lot of technological applications, but something as personal as health, obviously, is a place where it should take Sort of come to the forefront.
0: Yeah. Uh that said, if you can spring for the Apple Watch, I'd probably do that. <laughs> so <laughs> all right, how much was the Apple Watch at the Apple event? Can you talk my memory? Like it's ridiculously cheap, like 300 bucks these days, right? I think
1: you gotta go to 399 to get okay. like the, the series seven. Yep. But the there are older ones available at lower prices. So okay. like they've got a range as always. And I think I wouldn't recommend going all the way down to the Series Three, which is kind of like the old generation of yeah,
0: watch. Those were bad.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah. I had a original for a long time, and then I updated, and I'm still using my Series Four, which is still a very solid watch. So. Yep. At least the uh, the series watch the SE the one that they put out last year I think is still pretty solid offering.
0: All right, so the rest of these are smaller ones. We'll get through them really quickly. Uh, basically, uh, they brought out an Alexa that looks like a Mickey Mouse ears. Uh, did you have any thoughts on that, Dan? It I don't. Has know this an, it, it has an
1: integration with Disney stuff, and I think it's getting yep. used by a lot of the Disney resorts and stuff. And it has like interactions with Disney characters, which includes Star Wars characters, which is killing me a little bit. Oh, but okay, just a little bit. But I think I'll still manage to resist on that.
0: Yeah, yeah. Make it look like, uh, you know, I don't know, uh, uh, Darth Maul or Kylo (laughs) That's a little terrifying. (laughs) I'll put it in my house, maybe. Uh, Smart thermostat, uh, 60 bucks by Honeywell. Any thoughts about that?
1: I think that it's smart of them to get into that business. And Mm -hmm. I will say this is one of the few things in their lineup that doesn't seem to have a ton of, like, it doesn't have a microphone, doesn't have a camera, as far as I can tell. Uh, I think it's smart of them to undercut Nest um, because obviously Google has made a lot of progress there. And Honeywell is a trusted brand in thermostats. Yep. So I think of all the things they released yesterday, this would be the one that I would be the least objecting, like, objecting, uh, object least about for people buying. Cause, like, well, a smart thermostat saves you money, you lose less energy. There are benefits to that.
0: Yeah, no, I couldn't agree more. I think uh, especially here in Massachusetts, where our homes are generally some of the oldest in the United mm-hmm. States, uh, you know, the problem with Nest is it requires that C-wire. And right. I've yep. never lived in a home that's had that, uh, that constant power line. It's always power and ground. So, um, you know, my experience is Honeywell is a little bit more flexible in theirs. And I would love to be able to control that from my phone. So uh, I will personally be looking at that. Uh, The Ring uh, alarm, uh, the Ring is basically, it's a a doorknob that uh, sits at the front. Uh, Police do have uh, deals with Ring where they get information to all the photos outside of your phone. And now they've got uh, new virtual services, like a virtual security guard service where uh, basically a a third-party company will watch everything out there. Uh, Do you have any thoughts on that, Dan?
1: Yeah, I don't... I've never really gotten into the video doorbell thing. I see the appeal to it, but Ring would not be probably the brand that I would... (laughs) That yeah. I would be using for that. Yeah,
0: I have to agree. I've got a uh I have a uh, a set of nest cams at my front door and I just mm. used that. So excellent. All right, topic two, let's go into it. A uh, whole nother uh, uh slate of Apple reviews have come out. We're gonna concentrate on two today. Uh the first is uh Dan's personal review of your iPhone 13. So Dan, which uh which model did you get? Uh what was your reasoning behind it? And, and kind of how do you feel about it so far?
1: So I have an iPhone 13 Pro, 128 gigs in Sierra Blue, um, and I am on the iPhone upgrade program. So as a tech journalist, I find that I write a lot about the iPhones. And so having a system where it's like, look, I'm going to hand you a certain amount of money every month, and I'm going to get a new iPhone basically every year has had its benefits Um I am been pleasantly, mostly pleasantly impressed with the uh, the 13 Pro. I will say it has a few things that have like I've run into. Um, specifically, this is one thing that's come up a lot. But the camera on the back, the sort of camera bulge as they commonly call it, is a lot larger than the even the iPhone 12. So I have like by my bed a uh, a MagSafe charger. Uh, in a little stand uh, made by uh, the, the fine people at Studio Neat.
0: Really, it's like the MagSafe charger in a stand. That's awesome. It's it's a
1: MagSafe charger and you pop it on like a like a like a char- charging pad and it also has a little oh, place wow. to put your watch. So, yeah, the Studio Neat guys make great products. They're really gorgeous. So, I I like using that to charge at night and I've found that with the camera like bump it is doesn't sit is, as as evenly on the pad. So I have to like fiddle around a bit more to get it because it doesn't sit as flush because the the lip is so large. Um, so that's been a little bit of a frustration at times. Like it led to me not having my phone charged once or twice. I have to just be much more careful about it. I think that uh, the uh, other than that, like it's interesting to be on that treadmill of getting a new phone every year, right? Yeah. Because I think that you end up with situations where you forget how far you've progressed So, you know, from the 12 Pro that I was using last year, is the 13 Pro a huge update? No. It's got a lot of nice new features. The camera system is much improved in a lot of places, um, and otherwise, it feels very similar. But if you go back to, you know, an iPhone 10 or something like that, sure, there's a lot of cosmetic similarities, but you get a whole bunch of other improvements along sort of in the mix there. Um, so I have, I try to remind myself that even though I'm getting sort of the incremental deal, if you're somebody who isn't upgrading your phone every year, you get a lot of extra stuff sort of built into that package. And, uh, my colleague, Jason Snell, with whom I write over at sixcolors.com, did a really great piece where he talked about if you're coming from say an iPhone eight, here's all the stuff you get. If you get a 13, if you're coming from a 10, here's all the stuff you get sort of like adding that all together. Cause I think that's a very good way of looking at it. If you're somebody who only upgrades every two or three years. Mm-hmm. Um, The the other sort of big feature in the iPhone 13 Pro is the ProMotion display, which has been on the iPad Pro for a while. I think this is a really it, it's a really good looking feature, but it's also at times a bit surreal. It reminds me a little bit of sort of the soap opera effect that yeah. you see on TVs, it's like
0: reality unreality. When it's, you look yeah at exactly, it. it's yeah. like
1: so smooth. Just I noticed it. I really thought going in like, all right, I've had a promotion iPad for years. I don't notice the big deal when I go back and forth between that and my older phones. I'm probably not even going to notice this promotion thing. And then like the first time I just swiped my home screen, I was like, whoa, what is (laughs) is going on? Uh, Because it's so smooth and you're just like, that seems, it's a little freaky. I I think for the most part, other than sort of the animations being smooth, like you get used to it really quickly, but it is really good looking. Um, And the fact that it can sort of, adjust how much uh it uses that display is i think a bigger deal than a lot of people have given this credit for right like right. it can adjust the refresh rate all the way down to i think 10 hertz and the ability for that to save on power consumption is a pretty big deal because you know one of the things they talk about i think is in low power mode it locks itself to like 60 hertz um and so being able to sort of save that energy consumption for like other things that you might need more like i don't care if my screen's refreshing 60 hertz if I'm about to run out of my battery, right? I'd rather have the battery life. Um, so I, I think there's a lot of possibility with a promotion display and it'll be interesting to see if, uh, third-party developers like sort of build in all their support for it. Um, but I would say the, perhaps the biggest like tactile improvement over the whole thing is the, the battery life, which right. they talked about a bunch. Um, the iPhone 12 was pretty, Pretty solid on battery life, but I did find Can I ask especially a quick question. Yeah, Are you go coming ahead.
0: from a twelve or a twelve pro? Because that's okay. So this is apples to apples, okay?
1: Yeah, exactly. So I I thought the twelve pro battery life was fine, but I had noticed over the last couple months, like as it came around towards a year, even though my battery health had not decreased that much, I was getting low by the end of the day. Like it was more and more common for me to hit a point where I hit that like 20% thing. Um, And I didn't feel like I was using my phone a lot more. So having, you know, for the last week or so that I've been using the 13 Pro, I've been impressed with how much battery I have, like at the end of the day, right? Mm -hmm. I'm still in like the 30 to 40% range a lot of time. And it's kind of bananas to me because I'm not a light user of my phone. I use it quite a bit. (laughs) So Uh, eking out a couple extra hours of battery performance is is a big deal. And it means that like if I do go on a trip, which is less common these days, I don't have to worry as much about lugging like three extra batteries with me. Like I'll still take one because you never know when you might need it. But I I feel much more confident in being able to carry my phone all day without running out of a battery charge.
0: Have you messed with a cinema? uh, Was it cinema mode at all?
1: Cinematic. Yeah, I've used it very briefly. And it's a cute gimmick. Like I think it's very clever. Like the amount of work that they put into it, it is it has got uh it adds that whole extra dynamic of the the sort of blurring the background, which I think is really cool looking. It's not gonna mistake anybody for a professional filmmaker. The like portrait mode, it has always had a few glitches in it where it's bad at figuring out hair and certain like uh edges like between you know people's arms sometimes, like in the background. But it is still exceedingly cool. And I think most people who look at that aren't going to notice. I think those of us who are like a little bit more tech savvy and perhaps looking for those details, will right. see them jump out a bit more. But otherwise, I think for a lot of people, it just kind of looks like, oh, wow, that's cool. That's gives you that sort of depth of field there. Um, and by, in, by far, the coolest aspect of that is the ability to change the focus after the fact, which seems like magic, right? Like the idea that you can shoot video and be like, no, I want to, I want to have the whole thing in focus. Just tap a button. And it's like, there you go. Everything's in focus. No, I want to focus on a person. There you go. Tap it. It's in focus. it's like, that's, that's just bananas. I I I think that's, it's, it's impressive as hell.
0: So I'm going to assume I have a 12 pro and I stayed the course. Uh, I am also on that program, but I was just like, I don't see enough, there this mm-hmm. year for me to for it to make it worth my while personally i mean do you think that's a valid choice for for people like having used both back to back
1: absolutely okay I, I think that the 13 pro is a nice phone and again if you're coming from like 10 or 10s 10r mm-hmm. 11 i think there are there are all things to like in there but from coming from a 12 pro i feel like if you're happy with it there's not so much that I would feel like, oh, yeah, you need to run out and get one. I mean, a lot of the stuff that I thought was going to make the difference for me didn't even materialize. Like, there was some talk very late towards the event of, like, oh, because it has that variable refresh rate, it can have, like, an always-on lock screen or something like that. And, of course, that didn't materialize. But, like, when when I heard about that, I was like, oh, that's something I would actually, like, make a big difference. Oh, I think I would really go out and run out and get one, definitely. Um, But I think that it's such an incremental update for most people that sticking with a 12 pro for another year is going to be totally fine. And at so that do you point,
0: 11 iPhone 11 is, it, I think the eleven's will a little there? Okay.
1: more, but like, yep. honestly,
0: ten, I don't know. Ten? Yeah. I think, yeah. I think a 10
1: or a 10 S <laughs> if you're on one of those, I think it's a, a pretty solid upgrade. Like okay. definitely if you're on, I had somebody email the other day to one of my other shows, um, who was on an eight and they're like, wow. wow, don't do that much with my phone. And it's like, I mean, if you're comfortable with what you're doing and you're not using a lot, then, you know, I'm never one to say go out and buy a thing you don't need. But if you have the money to spend and you're like, well, I wonder I wonder how things have come in the last four years for iPhone upgrades. It's it's a substantial upgrade, right, from like that old model. So uh, I think that the the pace of smartphones have matured greatly since those Mm -hmm. early days. It's not as big a deal to go three years without an upgrade. Like, I, I mean, I don't upgrade my Macs except for every Four years or something like that. And that's kind of where we're getting to with smartphones. It's like stuff's so yeah. gonna get better. But I, I'd never feel bad
0: though about upgrading your smartphone, because like you, no. it's what I use. I, I do 90% of my job from my smartphone calls, texting, emails, research before the show, watching YouTube videos. I do all of it on my phone. I'm just getting real with you. Most of my day is spent on my couch staring at my phone. Uh this just it's just the nature of my job. Mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. you know, um, I, I don't feel bad about that because it's something I use so freaking much. Sure. Yeah. You know, I just uh This year, I don't know. Maybe it's because I bought a TMNT pinball table, and I'm like, you know, (laughs) maybe I could skip the iPhone. The the budget's got to happen somewhere. I understand. you got to allocate. So we'll go quick on this. Uh, The other thing that came out is uh, Frank, uh, my husband Frank, uh, wanted, he, uh, you know, you can appreciate this as a sci-fi writer, Dan, Uh, if you want to write, you got to read. A lot. Mm-hmm. And he wanted a dedicated uh, device to read ebooks on and Kindle books on. I've tried to get him to do a paper white. He just hates it for whatever <laughs> reason. Uh, so he asked for an iPad. And I looked at the uh, the iPad Mini and ended up getting that for him. So I kind of wanted to line up my impressions of this with a uh, Dieter's review over at The Verge. Uh, you know, long story short, uh, it's a small device. Uh, it is a little bit cramped. It's in this weird space between uh, having the format of uh, you know the iPhone Pro Max, uh, where's that that large factor just a little scaled up. It's kind of between a a slightly larger iPhone and a small Smaller iPad, uh, but it's a really, really usable device. So I know you read this too. Kind of, what was your take on all the reviews coming out?
1: I think there's a lot to love about the the iPad Mini. Um, it is definitely small and fills fills this very specific niche. I mean, Apple talked in the event when it and um, you know unveiled it that it like you know pilots love this. They strap it to their legs and they fly and they've got their flight plans on it. It's like Anything that starts off with that as an example is clearly like a, we know this is an, a, a device that's targeted at very specific audiences. I think reading is one of the, the great applications of the Mini. I had a Mini 2, I think, back in the day, and it was so light and so compact compared to like a full-size iPad yep. that it was a joy to use. Yep. I think, you know, it's not great for everything that you might want to do on an iPad. There's definitely times where a bigger screen is helpful, but those kinds of applications, being able to just throw it in a bag and not have to, you know, think about like, oh, how many devices am I carrying is Mm -hmm. nice. Like as somebody who carries a MacBook Air that's 13 inches, when I throw like even like my 10 inch iPad into a bag with it, it's like, oh God, I've got two devices that are like basically the same, right? Or very close. Whereas the mini is so... So different.
0: 100%. 100%. But I feel that way when I bring my iPad Pro and my M1 MacBook because right, exactly. they're so similar at this exactly. point, you know? So
1: the, the Mini has such a clearly delineated place in the lineup that mm-hmm. I think it's great that Apple's given it that huge redesign. It's, it's an impressive device for what they're packing in there. And I expect it probably won't be updated again for several years which is how things tend to go with the mini they sort of let it sit there for a while which is the reason it has like a a15 processor in it because they're like well that'll be good for like another three years (laughs) um and it has like touch id and all that stuff too so it's a nice looking device i've heard uh great things from the people who've used them um who really enjoy them i don't think it's a device for me specifically because i tend to be sort of a uh read on a e-reader kind of person but i can definitely see the application of that uh, especially for things like comics right like it's a great device for reading comics honestly
0: yeah no i agree with that i i feel though that this particular ipad it's just a shade too heavy for me to truly enjoy reading on and maybe it's because i'm used to the kindle paper white sure but it's it is it's not a light device right uh so i don't like that about it as far as the the structure of it it's very it's very sturdy i like that it's a big upgrade like um as far as the, the feel and the quality of it, even compared to the last time I had an iPad mini, which was back in the four era, so quite a while ago, <laughs> uh, the, the fingerprint sensor. Dan, I love this. I love this. I want this in my iPhone. I really want this in my iPhone because I wear a mask, uh, because yeah. we still got a pandemic going on. Um, you know, it's, it's, it's really tricky to set up the first time. Cause you're trying to get your finger on the edges of this thing. And it's, it's, if you bring it up too quick, it'll make you just start the whole process over. But I love that. And I love the screen overall. This is, it's a, you know, with Apple Care and getting a mid-sized uh, version of it, we didn't get cellular. But it was still like almost $700 when everything happened. Yeah,
1: it's it's really it's just because it's mini. It's not cheap, right? That's the important thing to remember with Apple, right? This is not a low cost device. If you're looking for a low cost iPad, it's that entry level 330 iPad, right? And I think the Air is stuck in a, a a similar situation right now where it's not as well specced as the mini, but it's more expensive. And it's also to the point where if you get like a good storage option, you're already in iPad Pro territory. So I, I would like to see Apple clarify its iPad lineup a little bit in terms of pricing, because I think that they generally are very smart about sort of staking out all these different levels, whether it's with the watch or the phones like We've got stuff all the way down to two hundred. We've got stuff that goes up to a thousand or more if you want to pay that, right? And I think the iPad is much more confusing right now because stuff has come kind of come out almost out of order in some places. It feels like like just the way they revise things every year. It's like oh, the Air gets revised here, the Pro gets revised here, the Mini gets revised here in like three separate events over the last year. So you're like uh, which is the right iPad for me? I don't even know. <laughs> so it's it's a little thorny right now. I think when it comes to the pricing, but. I mean, they're all great products still.
0: Yeah, no, I couldn't agree with that. Excellent. Well, I think it's a good device uh, if you're looking for a reader. uh, It's expensive, but you couldn't go wrong. Uh, Last topic today, Dan. Uh, So Foundation came out on Apple TV. Uh, We got two episodes released last Friday. Uh, Frank has been waiting for the show literally for for decades and decades and decades. Uh, I love most older science fiction, like Heinlein's one of my favorite authors. I've never read Asimov or the uh, Foundation trilogy. So I was going into this uh, not knowing anything. I have my own thoughts with it, but why don't you kick it off? What are kind of your thoughts on this?
1: So I read Foundation as a t- oh God, teenager, maybe a little bit like a preteen or something like that, because it was sort of held up as the, you know, the the one of the classics in the sci-fi canon. And I remember finding that first book just exceptionally boring. It's, it's a sort of a combination of different little vignettes that he, he wrote as short stories kind of glued together. There's very little characterization. A lot of it is just sort of explication. Got cool ideas, um, but there weren't really any characters to care about. And it wasn't until the midway through the second book, Foundation and Empire, that I really finally like felt like it hit its stride. So I was a little curious going into this like uh, just trying to figure out how do you adapt this story and uh, remembering very little of it I you know jumped in sort of thinking well I've seen the trailers it looks cool give it a try and I thought the first episode was great It, it has this amazing scope on it which I think is the sort of the most fun part of it it is this sprawling epic it's got all these characters it's got this sort of you know huge galactic stakes um it's got these larger than life people and it just is utterly gorgeous so my wife and i sat down and watched the first episode and you know we're entranced enough that when we finished it i was like well there's there's one more and she's like yeah let's watch it so we you know quickly devoured the second episode as well um i think that it's a lot uh, it's a sort of a slow burn thing and I don't you know even having read the books trying to figure out where they're going is like a puzzle but I kind of enjoy that it's a it's a kind of show that I like where you have that sort of slow roll and to figure out like all right what's going to happen what is the plot of this like where are we going who are all these characters how does it interact so right it has an almost game of thrones ish scope uh in terms of just sort of the huge like expanse of of planets and people etc Um, and I, I dig it. I'm, I'm really enjoying it and I, I'm looking forward to watching more.
0: Yeah, no, I couldn't agree more with that. I think something I really appreciate is they weren't afraid to go big. Mm -hmm. Like this is a big show. Like the themes are as large as anything you could expect. Uh, like the entire galaxy is at stake. Um, Again, I think something I really appreciate about is the cinematography is just utterly gorgeous. Mm-hmm. I don't even want to guess how much money that first episode <laughs> cost to Apple. Lot. I'm going to guess fifty million, just off yeah. the top of my head. Mm. Uh, a lot of the um, they have this motif with the special effects of this kind of net that materializes over people's skin mm-hmm. that is just stunning to watch every single time you do it. Uh, it's got Dr. Bashir from Deep Space yes. Nine. oh God, what a great,
1: what a great. When he showed up, both my wife and I were like, oh, <gasps> he's a villain, he's a villain, <laughs> yes. and yeah. it's,
0: it's, uh, so I love the epic scope, I love the acting, I love the sets, I love the cinematography. They nailed all of that, and I'm really invested in the world. I do have to say, at its heart, what I kind of roll my eyes with and this is more of a, a problem with the entire, con- the, the entire concept is it's, it's it's the ultimate geek persecution fantasy, right? <laughs> like, oh, I just want to sit here and do math and all of these evil people won't listen to me who knows everything more than the politicians. Like, you're right, they do here, but it's just a little bit of a persecution fantasy mm-hmm. for my tastes. Uh, I don't know. Uh, I kind of, you know, it was a long time ago. Uh, obviously, they added a ton of diversity to the cast. That's awesome. Um, and, you know, episode two, I I don't think it's a step down in quality. It's certainly a step down as far as money they spent. Sure. But yeah. you're going, like, you think you know where it's going in episode one, and that's not where episode two takes you at all. Right.
1: Yeah. And, and episode two ends, uh, they clearly package the first two together because episode two ends on a bit of a shock. And so jumping off from there, I think they, you know, they, they know they've got their hooks in you, I think, at that point. I know a lot of people who were like, you know, the first episode I liked, but then I watched the second one and I was like, whoa, where is this going? <laughs> so it ensures that they'll tune in again, I think. And that's a smart move.
0: Yep. hundred percent. Excellent. Well, I think it is a great show and I absolutely think, uh, you should go watch it. I think it's the best thing on Apple TV, at least until uh, morning show season two, uh, comes out. Dan, uh, on rocket, we always tell our listeners what we're doing this week. Uh, what are you working on this week?
1: What am I working on this week? Uh, well, I write a column every week for Macworld. So that's my sort of next big task. You can find me over at macworld.com. Uh, as well as I record all my weekly shows, um, which usually come out on Wednesday, Clockwise, The Rebound. um, And uh, we've got a show coming up on The Incomparable Biff, which is the show I talk about superhero TV shows and movies with a couple of pals. um, And we're covering a few different shows right now, including What If, the Marvel show that's airing. So lots of stuff for me, and you can find all of it at dmorton.com, my website.
0: Excellent, excellent. As far as me, I hate doing this to Rocket listeners, but everything I'm working on this week, I can't announce yet. <laughs> I cannot tell you about it. So uh, you'll have to stay on to stay tuned on that. Uh, I'm playing a lot of Ninja Turtles, my pinball mm, game, mm-hmm. and I may actually get a day off this weekend. Oh, nice. That, that would be amazing. So uh, that's it for this episode of Rocket. If you like the show, please consider reviewing us on Apple Podcasts. I actually sit there and read Read the reviews, and one of the things you've told us in the reviews is this show is best when all three hosts are here. <laughs> so sorry, sorry we didn't make that happen this week. But Dan, you did a great job, so thanks for coming.
1: Well, thank you so much for having me. M-
0: maybe jump on there and review the episode of uh, with Dan there. Uh, please support our sponsors, and this episode of Rocket is terminated.
1: Terminated.